Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Rap Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Dick. I'm Elias Eldridge. And I'm Sam Kenny. And before we head into the podcast, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever else you get your podcasts, make sure to leave us a rating and review. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at, and Twitter at Rap Chat Podcast, where we post new clips of the show every week. Hey, guys, what's up? How is it going? Uh, it's fun doing another virtual episode yeah. yeah all the yeah. kinks that come with it and yeah yeah it's not bad but i'm missing the in-person oh stuff. man yeah, I, just... I know man i we sam and i were talking I'm, about miss... this when you were gone elias there for a couple minutes yeah. i miss uh i miss sitting within two inches of sam dude yeah <laughs> right Can't. who wouldn't who wouldn't <laughs> i never uh. thought i'd miss it this much but i, I knew i'd miss <laughs> it but not this much <laughs> Too funny. So oh the God. schedule for today's um, podcast will be game recaps, performer of the week. Uh, we have some a game that you got for us, Elias. I do have a game for y'all. Oh, nice. And then uh, looking ahead, I'm excited, man. I feel like this has been such a weird week for us, eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, finally, yeah. like it felt we had like a, kind of a feel good game last night, like better than the yeah, Cavs it was a good game. game. So good spirits. Yeah, yeah. I honestly, and honestly, like if you were. Because uh, remember how we were talking about how, like, if you were the only people who watched the Cavs game were like Raptors fans and Cavs fans, and even then, like, who still <laughs> still watched it? Yeah. And yeah. then uh, I feel like if you watched the the Philly game yesterday, you would have been entertained no matter like who what you know who you were a fan of. I I was I genuinely thought that was a great was a, game. It was a really good game, very competitive. Yeah. Yeah. Especially given our 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 history as well. Yeah, yeah man. I, I mean, I didn't think. I, mean, I thought having Gary and Pascal back would be a big difference, but I didn't think like we were. That was a really close game. Yeah. Like, well, uh, should we get into it? Sure. Yeah. yeah for sure. Game. All right. Uh, yeah. As we know, this game uh, before the game, uh, we had Pascal, Gary, Malachi, Precious, and Kem. I believe that was the five that all cleared protocols. Um, and then before oh, the Precious game, cleared, Precious cleared too. Precious cleared. Yep. Um, oh sweet! I didn't know that. I think Cam might still be dealing with his knee stuff, and then Precious yeah, I, I, I think him, was he, he was on the bench with his yeah. knee thing. Yeah, and then Precious I think is still getting his conditioning back. And then before the game, we found out that Delano Banton uh, is dealing with some knee soreness, and then CJ or DJ Wilson, sorry, uh, was waiting to clear protocols or something, um, so he wasn't available to the second half. But we had Pascal, we had Gary, we had Malachi. Uh, the starting lineup was. Malachi, Gary, Pascal, Boucher, and Yuda. Um, started off the game really nice. Pascal hit a deep uh, mid-range to start the game, and that was kind of the story for the whole quarter. Uh, the offense looked as good as it can, given the personnel. Um, right from the get-go, Pascal set the table, or set the tone for the whole team. He had 14 points uh, in the quarter. He capped it off. Assist too. To assist, he capped it off with a beautiful uh, crossover on George Niang and a finish over Joel Embiid. Um, mm. I, I lo- he had one pass where he drove. He was basically quadruple teamed, and still fired off a beautiful pass to Chris Boucher for the dunk. He his game his whole game like I loved how he played, but that first quarter was so important for us, setting that tone and yeah, actually keeping totally. us in the game. Uh, yeah. He actually ass- scored or assisted on 19 of our 24 points that quarter. Wow. Uh, and we ended the quarter only down three. Uh, second quarter, uh, Pascal was resting, and we actually held it together. Um, a lot of that was from active defense. Uh, we had Tremont Waters and Daniel Turu on. Neither of them really did much, but you know they tried hard. 
Uh, I mean, I feel like I feel like game. Daniel actually yep. he's he's a body man. Like he's he's not yeah. he's not afraid to get aggressive. And I mean, like honestly, like what what are we really asking out of these new guys, man? Like what are we really asking? It's like honestly, we don't care if you go and score. Like just go and hustle. Yeah, like play some basketball yep. and just 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 make get opportunities for other guys. Pretty much, like that's what we want you to do. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. And uh, a big in, in the second quarter, a big thing was, I mean, there was one basket where Embiid had where he basically just walked Boucher just under the rim, and that was almost a story. Like uh, Embiid just that we had no size at all uh, on the front line, even on the best of times. Almost nobody can deal with Joel Embiid, but if you're playing a bunch of power forwards against him, yeah, um, it's probably not going to go well. Uh, we really ended the first half on a good note, though. It was an awesome block by Yuta and Daniel Aturu, kind of combining to block Joel Embiid. Um, Yuta Danny had a bunch Green, of Kawhi Leonard style. Yeah, double yeah. block. Yeah, Yuta had a bunch of kind of fun hustle plays. He had uh, two big threes this game. Um, just a fun game for Yuta. Um, classic Yuta Watanabe game, not the 26 <laughs> yeah. and 13, but playing his role, doing doing Yuta things. Uh, and at the half, we were only trailing 55 to 48, which was I th- saw as a positive. Uh, and then the third quarter, uh, Boucher went off to start. He had three threes to start the quarter. Um, the first one was open. Every he had five threes this game. The remaining four were like a bit like, uh, "What are you doing?" And then he <laughs> makes it, and you're not going to complain. <laughs> Boucher with probably his best game of the year. We'll get into that more oh, later. Hands but, down. Um, yeah. His defense, I, like deep, like he actually did whatever you could against Joel Embiid for yeah. some stretches there, and just like pure effort, um, taking the right angles, just doing a lot of good stuff. Then DJ Wilson checked in, and he was one of the bright spots of our last game against Cleveland, mm-hmm. and he started off right away uh, with a beautiful short roll pass by Pascal for a DJ Wilson dunk. And then he got out on the fast break and finished a layup. I right, thought his yep. defense, um, his whole stint in that second half was awesome against Joel Embiid. Like, super yeah. smart. Almost like Ken Birch, sort of. Nothing flashy, but in the right spot. Um, just doing the little things. He finished the game in only 13 minutes. He had nine points and six rebounds on two of three shooting and got to the line six times. Um, I just I, I thought he played awesome like considering mm-hmm. he's a 10-day contract player yeah uh third quarter we closed the third quarter on an awesome uh awesome note yuda actually uh, tweaked his ankle but he was totally okay uh we had the lead cut to two at one point and Spee uh had a four-point play followed by another three to put us up two. um CG. second half for Svee, or well the third quarter for Svee was one of his better quarters uh, we've seen in a long time he has been uh god-awful um for a while now <laughs> But that, that third quarter was like, why can't you just hit open threes? Like, like oh, my God. Like, you have a 10-year NBA career if you can hit those shots. Mm-hmm. Um, but he just he's can't been, do uh, it. He's been god-awful, we'll say. <laughs> hey, man. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. He's, Casual god He was god on my nerves awful. this game. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> uh, but we, we end the third quarter. We're down 85 to 81. Um a guy who killed us all night, and it started the fourth quarter, it was George Niang. Uh, yeah, man, he was almost, splashing, bro. Oh. This guy was splashing on us. So we frustrating shit about him in, the, in the group chat. I too. know, man, and like we we're talking shit about him. <laughs> George Niang is a solid role player, but 19 points. He, uh, he had eight of those points in the fourth quarter. Three for three from the field in the fourth. Two for two from three. And the Sixers actually got out to a 12 point lead at one point. 
uh, from Niang just on fire, and the shots weren't even like that open. Like it was good no. defense. No, they were. Yeah, yeah, no, they were. They were he's, contested he's for good. sure. Yeah. Uh, once again, Boucher keeping us in it uh, with two big threes uh, to trim that lead down. Uh, late in the game, I'm actually getting the play-by-play up here because I don't want to skip. Uh, this game was a little bit wild in the stretch. Um, one, all right, um, there we go. Uh, yeah, okay. So um, Gary Trent uh, hits a floater. Uh, that cut the lead to two at the time. Um, Gary had a really tough night, but had an awesome finish to the game. Hit some big shots. Uh, you could tell he was tired, but when we needed it most, he came alive. Uh, that was followed up by great defense uh, by DJ Wilson. And then Gary came down again and had like a sidestep three. Yeah. Uh, that put us up. And then once again, Joel Embiid was just getting to the paint. Uh, he had a big putback. He was getting to the free throw line. Uh, but Pascal tied the game up or put us up one. Um, put us up one uh, late with a minute and eight seconds to go with a beautiful layup uh, assisted by Gary Trent. Uh, Gary Trent had seven assists this game, which wow. I think might tie a career high. Mm, That's like, wow. and, like, and it wasn't just uh, like passing it, like swinging the ball assist. He actually had a few really nice, nice passes. It was he had noticeable. One, yeah, he had one to Malachi, I think, in that third quarter. That was really, really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we just couldn't finish it off. Embiid was too much for us. And no, Tyus man, Harris dude. He, remember that huge three line. he hit on us, man? Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Oh, that. Oh. I was like. Embiid, man. He, he, he showed why he's a superstar this game. Just oh, getting yeah. the job done. Oh, yeah. Um, unfortunately, uh, Matisse Thibault deflected a ball. Yeah. Uh, a pass by Gary to Pascal that uh, originally was ruled Sixers ball, but they looked over it and it uh, tipped yeah. off Pascal's foot. Pascal's foot. Um, the Sixers end up finishing the game off, uh, and the Raptors fall 114 to 109. All around, um, I thought it was a really, really fun game to watch. Like mm-hmm. as a fan, like not expecting to win, but just being the underdog. Um, I thought every guy that hit the floor like played with just amazing effort, uh, even if they didn't shoot well. Like Gary shot uh, six of 24, which is like on a normal night you'd be like, oh, that's that's really bad. But I thought the way, like, I thought he yeah. was so aggressive on defense for a guy who just came back off the court. How many steals? He had, like, two His or three fourth steals. quarter was really good, too. Yeah. He had uh, two steals. Yeah. And then the seven assists is, like, yeah. huge. for Gary Trent Jr., that's that's huge. Um, he really, like, to end of the game, the Raptors' point guards were Pascal and Gary. Like, yeah. Gary Trent's two weakest things on the offensive end is uh, <laughs> ball handling and passing, and he was running the point for us. And he did yeah. a good job, like, as well as he could have done. And Pascal did a great he, job. Um, just an overall, I don't know, hard-fought game. And, like, just a lot of positives to take from it. Gary is a very unselfish player. Like, uh, guys like him with, like, his sort of stat line with, like, you know, it's 19, 2, and 3 or whatever right. per game. Um, usually those are guys that, like, a Cam Thomas type who just only score mentality. But I think Gary is more than that. It just yeah. Just showing the stats, but like he is—I mean, he's a scorer first, obviously. But I think he is an underrated playmaker. Well, man, he's—he Gary has such a a great feel for the game. Like he's—he's—he's he's, he's very aware. Like he—he he understands. Okay, well, if I'm aware not shooting the word. ball well, what do I need to do? And he was absolutely grinding on defense, man. I think, like, mm-hmm. I really think that Gary Trent Jr. Like, I mean, of course, like we talk about, we talk about him as a great defensive player. But I honestly think he's in the conversation for the league in terms of uh, some of the best defensive. Uh, players at his at his position man because you know Yo, like he's sure. 
he's he he just gets up on guys, man. And the way that he moves his feet and is able to uh, predict where a lot of the other players are going is is uh, is pretty remarkable to watch. You know, given like you know the fact that he wasn't ever really discussed about as a defensive player uh, in his career in the past at all. And so um, watching him has been has been exciting, and and it's so great to see that when he isn't shooting the ball well something that kind of like we depend on him for he's getting seven assists he is contributing with those two steals like he is being a value on the court and dude if you would have told me he went six for 24 last night i would really not have noticed that you know what i mean like i it didn't feel like he was six for 24 his fourth quarter is just so great to be honest it kind of uh overshadowed the rest of it yeah Um, i I thought he he hit like uh when we needed a big shot like he had the two biggest shots or of the game yeah. for us right in that fourth mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, if we're talking defense at the guard position, though, I think we've got to shout out Matisse Seibel because his defense at the end of this game was <laughs> next level, man. He's so yeah. good at defense. His uh, He was on, he was an all-defensive player last year off the bench. Wow. That, like, I, I, I had a problem with that, though, that he got chosen over OG because I thought OG had a better year last year than him. Um, yeah. Um, but he, but he just, is I mean, awesome. The fact, the, fact that, the fact that he is one of the best, though, like you can't deny that. Um, yeah. And then even this year, I think last time I saw, he was fifth in defensive player of the year ranking right now. Like he he's a like he had some great uh, defensive possessions on Pascal yesterday at the end of the game, and also uh, those hustle plays like the one where Pascal went off Pascal's shoe. Then there's another one before that where I think he uh, knocked it out of bounds off Boucher or somebody. Like he hit hit off their leg and there's their ball. Yeah. So yeah, he's like he's so viable. he's so good at just like creeping up on guys, right? Like Pascal and Gary, if they were basically running our late game offense, and those are two guys who aren't elite ball handlers and yeah. so i was really worried when whatever the was guarding one of them um and credit to them for getting the job done when they needed to but uh matisse yeah he they hit they, they put him on gary and then and beat on pascal and that's really hard to deal with if you're those two um because yeah. i thought whenever the sixers had tobias or george niang on pascal it was a bucket or a pass to an open shot mm-hmm. um, yeah. but Embiid, right he can just he's so mobile while being so big um uh, if we're talking defense, I'm also going to shout out uh, Chris Boucher and DJ Wilson. Just for, oh yeah, mm-hmm. man, for sure, for sure. You look, you look at Embiid's stat line: 36 and 11. <laughs> like that's on 11 of 16 shooting. Like that, yeah, that's an amazing stat line. But then I don't Chris know Boucher, what 28, else. 19. <laughs> I, I don't know what else Chris and DJ could have done on that end to slow him no, down. No, you're right. Like yeah, um, they. I thought also really good defensive schemes. Like they doubled at the right times. Malachi Flynn had a mm-hmm. few nice doubles. Um, mm-hmm. And then DJ, I was so impressed with DJ Wilson's defense, man. Like, I want him. I want him on the team. Yeah, yeah. man. I, 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 can we, can we like take a second to talk about DJ Wilson because, um, yeah, he, I wanted to. He, he is. Uh, I actually am very impressed with him over the last couple games. And I mean, I remember watching him on the Celtics too, and and liking his play. And um, I don't think he was on the Celtics. I think I think you think of the Bucks. I'm thinking. Of, I'm pretty sure he was green, on your green team's mixed up. Maybe I thought he was on the. Celtics. Maybe I'm, maybe right I'm capping. Anyways, uh, <clears throat> he was on the Bucks for a long time. Okay, but uh, yeah, Milwaukee then Houston. Oh, just Houston. Okay, sorry. Never mind. Yeah. Milwaukee then. Um, yeah. But I, I like I, I do remember seeing him in the past and seeing his hustle and and I just think that that he he um how do I describe this? Like he he he. It's almost like he he feeds into the system just like uh, seamlessly like I think he I think he buys into what a lot of the guys out there are out there to do and his defensive contributions uh to the team and honestly his uh 
he he makes the smart plays on offense too. Like I think it's not about for him. It's not about scoring, and it's and uh, he's another one of those guys that uh, he he is much bigger than than uh, he seems. Like once he actually gets in his defensive stance, and once he actually starts moving around, he's a lot bigger than he than he looks. You know what I mean? Like he, uh, I, I, yeah. well, how tall is he? Like what six nine maybe? Six ten. Uh, six ten. Oh okay. Oh, he's that big, eh? I yeah, thought he's like wow. Six ten. Wow. Ten thirty thirty. Wow, wow. Yeah. he's he actually is quite a, quite a big dude, and I I would not mind honestly keeping DJ no. Wilson because I I, I enjoy I watching to. him play, man. I think he I think he makes I don't I really don't think I've watched him on the court and been like, oh my god, I can't believe we have to put DJ out there because we have no other options. I've been like, oh wow, he, like he's this been is in the a NBA kind of a steal. since twenty eighteen. He's been in the yeah. NBA since twenty eighteen. Yeah. Like he's not he's not new to the show, and um, he's he's shown like um I'm looking at his numbers right now, uh, last year. On two and a half attempts a game, he shot 34 uh, percent from three, and then in 2018-19, on 2.6 attempts per game, he shot 36 percent from three, mm. and he took one yep. three this game. He didn't make it. Uh, the form looked good though. Yeah, uh, I think he's like at that size, and he's he's like we've seen he's mobile. Uh, he seems like a really smart defender. I think, like, why not take a shot on him yeah. with an open roster spot? Um, He'd be our tallest player. Yeah. <laughs> no, man, I, I, I would like to way... see him and Precious play together, man. I think that him and Precious would be yeah. would be great. Um, you know, nice if... one two punch down though. Yeah, hundred percent. Like especially both of them coming off the bench. Like I feel like I don't even really know what you'd want. Like, would you want DJ at the five and Precious at the four? Like, or maybe it doesn't even matter. Like they're just yeah. interchangeable. It's true. Yeah, I, I I loved it, and especially with them like double teaming down low. I think that that would cause a lot of trouble for first teams, especially when. I, f- I feel like that's the opportunities that we can take um, because they're quick. DJ's a fast guy, man. Like he's he gets to yeah. those defensive spots really really quickly, and um, I think that if you have and so is Precious. Precious is a really quick guy too. So I think if you had DJ and Precious down low, and if you have them if you have them doubling on on certain you know important players, man, I really think that they those players can get overwhelmed, especially when they're when we have uh teams that outsize us a little bit like players with like the Suns with like DeAndre Ayton um with big guys like that and especially guys like Joel um I think you know he's he's really nothing but an asset right like in in terms of that aspect yeah I uh I want to I just want to said I want to see uh more of him on the perimeter defensively mm-hmm. see what he can do there mm-hmm. but uh yeah yeah anyway uh, yeah, my other thought from this game is uh, how good Pascal looked for just coming off of protocols. Um, like, just carried us uh, throughout the game, whether it was him scoring, uh, his passing, he finished with eight assists, just his, like, gravity on the court, right? When he touched the ball, there were, like, three Sixers players looking at him. Yeah. Uh, and more often than not, he made the right play. Uh, I just thought, like, that was a really promising thing to see, just him... Like, cause no one would have faulted him, right, for having an awful game. He's, he's missed nope. uh, over a week with COVID, um, but the and he's picking up right where he left off. Right, that Brooklyn game uh, was his last game that he played, and he was great in that game. Uh, just playing, he with he, the- he looked way more motivated. Like he looks like more motivated than yeah. he did start the year. Um, and yeah, he just he did, he looks more like the All Star version of him. I'm not trying to say he's got to be that guy, but he he just looks way more, uh, I guess, finished as a player. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not, I see. I'm seeing less holes every time I see him play. He's well, he plays with a more... certain like smooth aggressiveness that we love to see, yeah. right? Because sometimes mm-hmm. I feel like where we've seen Pascal in the past is when he is 
chaotic and he is um, indecisive. And I think yeah. that the, one of the reasons why I think Pascal may have been indecisive and a little chaotic in the past is because, you know, the team changes, man. And, and we've gone through so many weird seasons in the past that Pascal in his eyes, I think for a while, he was kind of like, man, who do I really, who can I really look at on this team and be like, I know you're going to be here. You know what I mean? I know what you can do. I know what we've got here. Right. And he, there's maybe a couple guys. Right. But in terms of uh, like longevity, I think that he, he, you know, took a lot, took a lot of responsibility. I mean, that, that's like probably one of the main things of the bubble season was that, you know, he, he was so counted on to take all this responsibility. I think he just caved under the pressure and, and I don't blame him because man, like, let's be real like this guy is not you know he's not Stephen Curry right he's not Kevin Durant like he he's yeah. he's a great NBA player he is but he needs a team he needs a team right like he's not that type yeah. of guy he's gonna give you 35 a night he just isn't so uh you know I think that now that we've got guys like Gary who's again like seven assists and seven assists this game we um we've got uh, guys like Yuda hustlers man like guys that that Pascal does he can he can uh especially at the defensive end too like Pascal doesn't feel like he has to uh take too much of the uh the responsibility and be burdened with the burden of responsibility when it comes to uh taking the big roles that are that are on this team and I feel like he doesn't now he maybe doesn't feel like he has to do too much he can share the responsibility around and then when you see him do that you can see him really get in his own bag and get him get him uh, like he feels like he can play as himself and smooth and depend on other guys for the things that you know he doesn't necessarily need to do anymore. Yeah, he yeah. knows exactly how he wants to play every night. Um, he's gonna go out. He's gonna establish himself in the mid range. Uh, yeah. He know he he knows he can finish uh, over smaller guys down low, and he's gonna look to pass it to double teams. Yeah. Uh, and then on defense, uh, he's like a quarterback. Um, super amazing off-ball defender right making the right reads getting out on shooters switching uh just does everything you want him to do for a player of that caliber and uh he's looked going back like he had a rough what first what six seven eight games yeah ever yeah. since then he's been almost like a metronome like you know Great. you're getting from pascal mm -hmm. every night which is which was a yeah. criticism of him, of him in the past um, I, I loved how, like you said, how he established himself in this game in the first quarter, especially in the mid-range, because if you establish yourself in the mid-range, then the defense gets so confused on how to guard you. Yeah, exactly. If, you, if, 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 you're at the, if you're at the perimeter, they'll play back on you a bit because they don't want you to shoot a mid-range. So then that kind of, if you pump fake or something, they'll come up on you, then you can just go around them. Like, he, he uh, establishing yourself that way and also as a playmaker, because he had some great play, uh, he had some great passes in the first quarter. I think that was huge for him this game. And I mean, yeah. see, I feel like he's done that a lot in the past. I think uh, against that Sacramento game not too long ago and the Brooklyn game, um, he had a great first quarter, and that really sets a tone for himself in the uh, in the games. So uh, I like uh -huh. that from him. Yeah, I've got uh, two more smaller things. One, uh, we don't have to talk about this for too long. Um, I don't. We've talked about this guy a ton lately, like a ton last episode. But Chris Boucher, big bounce back game, twenty eight mm -hmm. and nineteen, uh, ten of fourteen mm -hmm. from the field, five of seven from three. Um, by far his best game of the season. Oh, yeah. I don't want to jinx him, but that's how he's got to play, right? Play within himself, yeah. mm -hmm. play within the team role, uh, defensive effort. Not saying effort. he's 28-19 every game, no. <laughs> but, he, but, he, but that, that style, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he just... Uh, <laughs> the, the bar goes down here and up here. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. Just, 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 just be, a, be a solid role player, and the numbers mm -hmm. will follow. I thought he, had, he was... 
like consistently throughout the game, just awesome. Um, trying his defense, man. His his like you said, I think oh. you mentioned it earlier, Sam. His defense, especially on the perimeter, dude. Like he mm-hmm. he uh, he really gets on guys and and uh, honestly, every time every time that I saw somebody score over Chris, I'm not like. Fuck, Chris, man. I wasn't, I wasn't like, mad at Chris I, at all this game. I, exactly. I'm like... That's a first. <laughs> what's that story, Elias? I said I wasn't mad at him this entire game. That's kind of no. a first. Like, he was making really good decisions 100%. on both ends. No, I like, I agree. And, like, especially when it comes to his defense, like, I, there were so many times where where players would score on him, and I'd just be like, you know what, man? Tough. Like, tough. You had good defense, and there's not really much you can do after that. Like, like especially when Embiid hit that, like, deep... Uh, deep three mm-hmm. on him. Chris had that yeah. shot c- contested, you know, like as best as you could possibly contest that shot without blocking it. You know what I mean? Like, the, he, yeah. it was. There's really nothing you can do at that point. And uh, I think that no. he he really used his body to his advantage, and and uh, he he stepped up and good for Chris. We I mean we we really we really you know sometimes on this podcast we beat the shit out of Chris Boucher, but there's <laughs> really nothing that we can last really podcast. say uh, about no, no, about good. his performance this last game. No. He was and, uh, he, he was great. Did you guys still did you guys still tense every time he took a three? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah of oh, course. Yeah, every time he shot, course. I was still like, ah. that's 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 the Chris Boucher experience. You're always yeah. gonna be tense. <laughs> so polarizing. Yeah. Uh, I've got one last thing to end the game off on a high note. Um, maybe unexpected from me. I'm gonna choose to be positive about this guy. Um, rarely tough shooting night for Malachi Flynn. Uh, two for twelve from the field. Two for eight from three. He played 32 minutes. Um, I did though. Like a lot of his decision making on offense, uh, he had a couple ill-advised drives into a Joel Embiid, but I did like how mm-hmm. aggressive he was, and I really liked his defense uh, on the perimeter, uh, containing Tyrese Maxey. But he also, was fast, man. He, he was, was quick as hell. Yeah, he made a lot of smart uh, double downs on onto Embiid and Tobias Harris. So uh, numbers don't think, look I good, think, but I think to oppose to oppose you, I think his defensive decision making was great this game. Um, yeah. It was great, but uh, his I think his offense was really bad. Just, I think all around, I didn't see much good right. decision making to be honest. From him. I just I felt like all his shots are relatively ill advised. <laughs> just yeah, you know. But at the end of the day, man, like like some of the some of the shots he was taking um, reminded me of some of the shots Fred used to take really early on. To be honest, man, like some of those drives. Yeah, but he's not as good as Fred. Yeah, I know, I know. But at the but you know some of the drives that that uh, that Malachi took and put up some of those shots and obviously got blocked or was just way he- more heavily contested. I'm like I I've I, we've been seeing Fred do that. I mean we saw Fred do that at the beginning of the season. And I'm not like I don't want to like mm-hmm. say Malachi and Fred are the same person, but because like, obviously they're not. But like. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I like you guys know. I, I like Malachi Flynn, and I think that honestly, he has like a, so much more to offer than what is being presented. I think that he's just had a really tough go this season. And like he's just without all the consistent minutes, and I think he what one thing that he really tried to use to his advantage of this game was his speed. I think that he was super fast. He was getting up on guys. Uh, he was fighting. He was fighting on screens. Like he was he was doing uh, a lot of the things defensively that that are gonna you know hopefully translate into some offensive game and i mean if fred's going to come back then fred's going to come back and and that it is what it is and malachi will probably see his minutes dwindle again but but uh i don't know man i think i still think he's got a lot of potential and i don't want to i don't want to rule him out as as a as a as a player you know yeah no, i, I thought, just think uh, uh, we talked about this before sorry sam do you want to go you want me to go? no go ahead go ahead um i think uh we mentioned this before is that if he's not shooting well yeah, he's relatively irrelevant on offense. So, yeah. um, and 
like he hasn't been doing he hasn't been shooting well all season and this game especially he has a lot of times where he had a he had a mismatch um but he's too small to blow by and get to the rim especially with Embiid on the floor yeah and then if he's not if he's not hitting his shots then like you know what can he do because if he has a mismatch yeah. blow by pull at mid-range or something he can't he's not making them then what can you what can you ask more so the frustrating yeah, thing I, though I, I, is man like like I saw him make those like two uh, like a season or last yeah. season ago like and two I, I think ago. I think the inconsistent minutes are really getting to him because last year he had it is man minutes, like so that I think it's a good point and that's what I'm um, saying but that's, man that's, is that's, because that's, that's the unfortunate sorry, part of, of it because as that's the unfortunate part of it because I mean we got Delano Banton now too and it's yeah just, you know who, who, we're gonna play who's playing better right and and uh, Delano is playing better this season than Malachi Flynn is so. It's unfortunate, but it is extremely unfortunate, shows. and that's what makes me so mad. Is that like to be to, like part of me? Part of me wants to say that like I'd like to see Malachi on another team just so that he can get more consistent minutes. Like I'd like to see him maybe on a team like Washington or something. Like you know what I mean? Like mm. just on a different team where he feel like where he can get some more consistent minutes. Because I honestly think that if you give him the opportunity and get him out there playing, you know. Uh, or even on honestly on a team like the Pistons, man, like like on a, Pistons like, or the Pacers, yeah, man, like just just some some more opportunity, a little less pressure. Um, I think that uh, that he could really thrive, and and it's just yeah, because I like Malachi Flynn, man. I I, just, I do because at the end of the day, like I I saw him be really really good for you know a solid two years watching him, and now seeing him you know, struggle, I, I can't, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that he's struggling as a basketball player because he's bad. I think he's struggling as a basketball player no. because he's not being given the opportunities and uh, he's, he's uh, been inconsistent because everything about uh, his play t- playing time has been inconsistent this season. So, I mean, like Some, something else though about that is, uh, you know, Fred Van Vliet has always said, uh, stay ready. He stayed ready yeah. his whole, his whole career, um, especially when he was younger. Right. So uh, I think that's something Malachi has to do is if if it's if his inconsistencies are coming from not staying ready, then I think he's got to fair enough stay ready. Yeah, yeah fair I, enough. I, just, I my my one thing is I want to want to see the three point shot come yeah. around. Like yeah, it's it's to. it hasn't shown any sign this season of coming around. So if he's gonna be an NBA player, right, he's got to hit that shot. I think he might be a guy like they they guys call them like second contract or second draft guys, like guys when they're drafted they don't work out well with their first team but find something right with that second team. And I could see Malachi right, running a bench unit uh, for a team where he's allowed to run, you know, lots of pick and rolls yeah, uh, and play mm-hmm. more to his strengths and right and get, you know, he knows he's getting what 15 minutes off the bench a game. Um, I could see that. I just, I hope he gets that opportunity because we know the talents there. It's just about putting it all together and yeah. executing the opportunity. Yeah. I think I think the Pacers would be nice because I mean even McConnell's out now and uh, they just dropped Wanamaker so they need a backup point guard and uh, what about the, they got what, what about the Cavaliers off the bench? Oh, the Cavs just lost Cavs Rubio for the year. Oh man, I'm so sad about Rubio. That, yeah. that, 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 I, he was playing so. Yeah, he was balling this season. He was balling. He's such a good dude. Uh, that, so that might be fun that. though, Malachi. You know, Malachi in Cleveland. Young for team. Mobley. Yeah, for Evan Mobley, <laughs> I was just about to say. <laughs> I, I think Malachi about that Flynn trade. for Evan Mobley. Least controversial Flynn trade of the year. Flynn and Boucher for Mobley and Allen. <laughs> Flynn and Boucher for uh, Let's go. For Mal- yeah, I agree. Mobley they they, get, they can like have it. speed. We'll, we'll throw speed in for them, too. Yeah. I'll even give him Tremont Waters, man. I don't care. I'll give him Tremont Waters. <laughs> <laughs> no way, uh, man. No freaking way, Elias, bro. <laughs> Come on, dude! Man. I'm crazy. I know. I'm crazy. He's, he's untouchable. <laughs> Tremont's untouchable. Ah, I'm so yeah, crazy. Ah. 
Sharon's untouchable <laughs> for the next five days, and then he's off. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. Can we trade her uh, to get... No way. No, no, no. No, yeah, no way. Okay. Uh, yeah, player of the week. Player of the week. Go ahead. All right. Uh, me? Sure. All right. Uh, my player of the week. Uh, close second is Chris Boucher, but my number one is Utah Watanabe. Yeah, let's go. Player of the week. Um, I, uh, it was... We talked about this earlier. It's this is a weird week for Player of the Week because we had a few guys that we we had to choose from that played both games because there's like three or four outside of the four day or the ten day <laughs> guys. Uh, I almost picked DJ Wilson too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, Watanabe a career high in points and maybe rebounds. I don't know. He had 13 rebounds uh, against the Cavs. Um, that's got a that 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 stood a lot and like to be fair someone had to go get their career high it was Watanabe he shot over 50 percent that game too so um yeah definitely shout out Watanabe and then versus the the Sixers uh an efficient 10 points uh to go along with four rebounds and two assists and outside of the stats uh Watanabe's we talk about it all the time but he's always a hustler Mm -hmm. he's always uh doing the positives and uh yeah I thought he deserved a shout out so this is the week for it I think yeah that's awesome I, yeah. I was gonna pick Yuta, but I had a feeling one of you guys was gonna pick him. Uh, I went yeah. I went with DJ Wilson. Um, oh wow! Yeah. Okay, interesting, uh, Sam. I like it. I like it. I, I I thought his first game was really awesome. Um, Did you rewatch it? Yeah, I, wa- I, I watched the highlights of it. I, I couldn't yeah, watch okay, the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, I don't uh, blame you, Sam. DJ Wilson, turn around. I was talking about. I saw that first game though. Yeah. Fifteen <laughs> points on six of eight shooting with uh, eight rebounds, four assists, and five steals. Uh, and then this game, uh, he came in only for the second half, but uh, had nine points, six rebounds, and was a plus 12 uh, mm-hmm. in that half. Wow. Uh, I thought his defense was awesome in both games, uh, and he's shown a lot of stuff. Like, why not take a flyer? Like, he is a Raptors-type player. Yeah, um, totally, man, totally. So he's only – how old is he? He's 25, I think. Uh, he's, only, yeah, he's only 25, so yeah. why not? Should yeah, I agree. It. I mean um, – my performer of the week was was Utah. I had Utah because I mean, of course, like I mean, Elias already touched on a lot of the reasons why Utah, but it was that guy. But you know, at the end of the day, like Utah is just such a great um, Raptors role player, like somebody who we just we just love and we can count on, right? Like if there's somebody who I can absolutely count on every single game to like do the same thing is mm-hmm. Utah. And I mean, I got a little nervous when he got injured, like or whatever that was. Oh my god, I was so oh, nervous, dude. I was, I was. My my mind just, just as a as a Raptors fan, my mind immediately went to ACL. No, I was like, Jort, it's, it's done, season's oh. over. Especially because he's like 28 too. Like he is, he oh, is man. getting a little now, if, older. If he tore his ACL, that probably wouldn't. Uh, that might have been it for him. Yeah, it would have been really tough. But it was good to see him get back out there and keep moving. Um, and actually, Sam, I'm so glad that you said DJ Wilson for for performer of the week because I was gonna say DJ Wilson if one of you guys had watched Navi. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's just the only reason why too is because man, like, I feel like we have to give this guy credit in some way for coming onto a brand new team and just fitting so well. And uh, he's he's just he's just he's he's letting he's not forcing anything. No. At all. Yeah. And totally. He's just he's just getting his buckets uh, when they're there. And also, I think a big part of it, especially last game against Philly was uh Pascal put a lot of trust in him I, yeah. I, I noticed a lot of a lot of great passes to him and uh I, I love seeing that from Pascal I mean, he's knew that all year I, I think I said this before but he's taking on a much stronger uh, leadership role this season yeah where you see his arm around guys you see him going to talk to guys they make like a mistake and you, you just 
it's it's a really big part which he's never really done before. <laughs> Sorry, my camera <laughs> fell. Technical difficulties, folks. Uh, I thought he'd go the entire. <laughs> For those who are listening, Sam's this camera just took me so off guard. Am I good? Took me so off guard. Yeah, you're good, so Sam. Okay. Um. Yeah, no, I just he's never had that. He's never taken on a leadership role really before, and I see him do that a lot this year. Um, and I love to see that from him. So, uh, giving other players opportunities, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Pascal just zooming out on his season so far is averaging basically twenty seven and a half, four assists, uh, and his field goal percentage is up to close to forty eight percent, which last huh. year he shot forty five percent. Yeah, and that is his all star year. He shot forty five percent. Yeah, I love seeing his numbers that the are 50s. like comparable to his all star year, and I think his passing has been much better. Uh, the three point mm-hmm. shot still isn't hasn't come around, but it doesn't look as he's not really reliant. Like he's not settling. Yeah, I, I feel like we haven't really seen him no. take a whole lot of threes. No, no, no. we haven't. Like his mid range uh, game like has last been year pretty he took ridiculous. So many. What do you say? Well, you haven't pulled up. What do you? How many uh, threes did he shoot a game last year? Uh, last year he took four point four, and, and this year he's this taking year? three and a half, three and a half. Yeah, his All Star year he more, took six point one. Wow. Uh, he he shot, he shot well that year. Thirty six percent. Yeah. But this year, yeah, shooting uh, his highest percentage uh, since he was like a primary option uh, from two point range. Uh, his mid range is absolutely uh, like it's become like just a go to shot for him. Uh, and he is shooting uh, 78% uh, from zero to three feet, Ooh, which wow. is he's taking 20% of his shots from there. For example, like when he was like a role player, he was only shooting like 71%, 72%. Uh, last year he shot uh, below s- or about 70%, and this year he's shooting 78% wow. uh, from basically at the rim, which is really awesome. His yeah, shooting numbers, great. other than three point range, are really really good so it's his improved decision making but like and then yeah. we also and have think, to think uh, too like the addition of gary trent jr and the addition of like having yeah. fred take because i think we've seen fred take way more threes than 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 i've ever seen fred take um in a season and uh like i think i think now we've got we've got a little bit of a different team right like i think pascal doesn't need to be we have four counted guys on who can go that. get you 20 points a game we have four guys that can go get you 20 points right so yeah um, you can almost OG say as well. get it every game Oh, I guess oh, Spagatti too. You almost I mean, say yeah. five guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, um, So I mean, yeah. So like, there's gonna be nights where he's not the guy getting all the points, right? And but he's he's not isn't he's not forcing anything, which I love. And it's something big. I'm huge on self awareness in in sports in the NBA, and just seeing him be more so much more self aware this year. Because last year, he was doing the same thing over and over and over, and he's getting no success from it. Um, relatively no success. Uh, this year he's changing things up because he's understanding like look that's not working let me try something new and we're seeing it become more successful and translating to good things um, yeah so yeah like Sam said shout out to Pascal yeah. Siakam well just and just uh, uh, just one last thing that I want to mention about this game sorry I, I, I knew I had a thought to say but I, I forgot it and yeah. this is just one more thing I mean, we, we lost an extremely competitive game without OG Ananobi without Scotty Barnes without Fred Van Vliet um and who else are we missing? Delano, Cam, Precious. Yes, Delano, Cam, and Precious. Like these are some of our main guys, man. Like we and we Champagne. played. We played a pretty. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Justin Champagne. And we and we played a, <laughs> a a pretty a pretty decently healthy 76ers team. And um, yeah. you know, I I think that 
that uh, it just goes to show, man. Like, like we were literally missing Scotty Barnes, and I think we just we have to like like take a second to like you know remind everybody how important Scotty Barnes is to the team, right? And and how that he actually does contribute a, a lot to this team, mm-hmm. and um and same with Fred. And Fred is obviously a, a, a crucial, integral part of the team. And uh, you know, I, with this game, I was really not uh, I, I was not. I was I was impressed with how well we were able to to do, and I was really wasn't phased. I was actually quite impressed with the fact that we were almost able to come away with the W on this game, and we're missing like some of our uh, we're missing both both of our potential starting centers. Uh, we're missing our starting point guard, uh, our our starting um, three, uh, and we're also missing uh, Scotty Barnes too. So like I, I we're missing know. most of the starting lineup, and they they had their entire starting lineup. So exactly, uh, and and uh, yeah. it was it was exciting, man. I think I think we're actually kind of starting to see, you know, once once I think we we get a lot of the guys more involved, like once we get OG back and Scotty back and Fred back, I think we're gonna see a really interesting uh, team here for the rest of the season. Yeah, hey, knock on wood, man. I hope so. I hope they're back. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Do you want to get into my game? Let's sure. Do it. All right. I'm excited for this one. So, um, this game uh, is a game that does not involve right or wrong answers. This is a game of opinions. This oh, is wow. Toronto wrong, Raptors. Wrong, your opinion's you wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Just, Sam, you're wrong. Luke, you're wrong. <laughs> I win. I win, everybody. I win. Game's over. I have all the answers right here. I have all the answers right here, and you guys are all wrong. <laughs> the, the, the whole game is just Elias winning. Yeah. <laughs> so, sorry, like, your opinion oh, Sam, is wrong, oh, so no. obviously yeah. you lost the yeah. game. I win again. You guys really suck at this, by the way. <laughs> all right, come back next time for Elias' game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, okay, yeah, so this is Toronto Raptors. Would you rather? So I oh, have. Oh uh, wow! Taking a little uh, piece out I of the Reddit notebook. Are little, we? Yeah. Alive? Shout out! <laughs> shout out! Shout out to the Reddit Access Podcast, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Go check it out on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. <laughs> you can find them on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Yeah, yeah there we go. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Um, no, yeah, so I got I got five would you rather prompts, and we can have a as long of a discussion as you want about them. It can be we can start arguing if you guys disagree. Uh, I'll I'll give my chime ins here and there, uh, but I want to I want to hear your guys' opinions on these. All right, uh, yeah. So let's get into this first uh, would you rather here. So we're gonna start a little bit throwbackish. Uh, would you rather on your team? This is not the tr- current turnover team. Just in your on your on your fantasy team, your fantasy right. team to win a championship. Would you rather have prime Kyle Lowry or prime DeMar DeRozan on your team? Oh man, uh, dude, honestly, Kyle that's Lowry. a that's a hard question to answer because uh, because DeMar is like he's balling right now, man. Like I don't even yeah, know what to say it, about to prime DeMar because we're so, we're, we're well, I would I I'd say prime DeMar is when he was like one of the top scorers on the Raptors, probably. But I mean, he's playing extremely well this I mean, season man, this this yeah, he's balling this season bro like a, he's kind of pulling the lebron man like lebron like when is prime lebron i really don't know that's a difficult question to answer <laughs> blocked by derozan like, uh, <laughs> uh my, my, my answer is kyle i i think kyle's um just skill set translating to the playoffs a lot better um and just how he just impacted like how you could throw kyle lowry with a bunch of random bench players and he's gonna get yeah. the job done uh, mm-hmm. Is not something that a lot of players can say they do. Um, I think Kyle's, Kyle's Kyle role demand. Yeah, I think Kyle's role demands wow. less uh, 
less like on the ball action. Like he can do he can do more with with little, you know. Like uh, right. Demar needs the ball in his hands to be like more effective. Where uh, Kyle doesn't. Kyle just well, and, like let's be real too. Like Demar is a scorer, right? Demar, <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, break it down, man. Demar's a score, <laughs> right? Demar is a, is a he's yeah. a score, and Kyle yeah. is not really much of a score, right? Kyle's a creator on whether it's for himself or other players, and like one of he's the reasons, yeah, player. why I'm tempted to say Kyle is because, you know, Kyle is the he's the maestro, you know what I mean? Kyle is the conductor. He's the he's and he's he's a he's a coach, man. Like he really is. Like mm-hmm. I remember uh, I remember even going to like watch the Raptors in like 2017, and this guy's on a suit coaching with Dwayne Casey like you know like he's 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 got the like he's got a board and they're writing stuff out on the board together they're coaching together and I think I think he's a future uh, head coach what's that he's a future head coach in the NBA oh I I hope so man I hope he comes to coach Toronto man come and coach Toronto imagine can you imagine Uh, assistant coach Nick Nurse that'd be so cool coach that'd be full circle man coach first full circle um, but I think, yeah, I'd probably have to – it's tough because I love DeMar as a scorer so much, especially just with how mm. ridiculous he's playing right now. But, I've, I, yeah, like yep. just just like as Sam said and as you said, Elias, too, like you can count on Kyle Lowry for so much more than just like scoring or anything else like that like, or any external things. Like imagine – like, d- like I mean, we never – I guess we've never done this podcast with Kyle Lowry on the team, but I feel like we've talked a lot in the past just about – um, about Kyle and talking about how he, if there's one player on the team or, or on any previous Raptors team that embodies or, or, or defines the phrase, like, don't look at the stat sheet, it's Kyle Lowry, right? Like, oh, like yeah. mm-hmm. he, he's going to impact the game in so many more ways than just the, just the stat sheet. So yeah, it'll probably be Kyle for me as well. That's a, that's a big thing on, like, you see these lists right now on like worst offseason signings or whatever. And a lot of people are saying Kyle Lowry. Because of the stats, the stat, the stat sheet, like the box right. score, you, right. you're seeing you're seeing 13 and eight, um, which is definitely good. But you're not see it doesn't show the the heart he gives to the game and yeah. how much of a leader he is. Like he's a yeah. game changer. Just how, uh, just how smart he's, he is. He's scoring right? nothing like, a game. Yeah. Like if he's scoring zero points a game, he's still a big game changer. Yeah. 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 Um. All right. Uh. So let's get to the second one here. Uh. This one's a little more funny. Uh. Would you rather have Chris Boucher or Svee Mikhail Luke take the game-winning shot. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh. You're the devil for this, man. Oh. Um, no, they're just so great. It's like, who would you rather? Like, you know, oh, there's those yeah, Ray yeah, Allen, yeah, Steph yeah, Curry yeah. ones, you know? Right, so it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. They're both great answers. Yeah, um, Life on the line, Chris I'm Boucher or Svee Mikhail Luke. I'm going to say Chris. Because yeah. I think Chris is. Really? What kind of shot is it? Just a game-winning shot. Any, any ah. It can be anything. I trust Svee inside more. Yeah, you know I mean, what? If, if, Svee, if Svee's left wide open, like, uh, it's definitely Svee uh, for me. But, uh, like... I'm taking Chris, man. He's got a rational confidence. You know, you need a rational confidence late yeah, game. Yeah, hey, He's that's fair. That's fair. Confidence. <laughs> that's fair. But then, then uh, Sam, you do have to be prepared for, for the ball to, like, completely <laughs> miss the rim. <laughs> like, like four feet to the left we're talking yeah like, like we're talking about off. bad <laughs> we're talking about bad with speed at least i can hope that it hits the rim like like <laughs> like, uh, like matt, matt devlin was saying yesterday like every time he shoots it doesn't go in a lot of the times but it looks like it's going in. <laughs> yeah and, <Let's> see, uh, <laughs> and it's like i'll just feel better in those two seconds of the balls in the air like <laughs> once it goes out of chris's hands i know it's not going in i'm sorry <laughs> yeah <I'll, laughs> maybe chris can like get in for like i don't know 
I'll, I'll take Chris. Spee's a good. Spee's good inside too, though. Yeah, Spee is probably better than Chris, like getting to the paint. Yeah, and also uh, Matt also said, which I totally agree with, that uh, you know shooters have short-term memory. Spee is a shooter, and he is had he? the he had that. Four, <laughs> I think he? so. <laughs> this is his game. He's a he's a in college. You, you would you would call him a shooter if sure, whether he's doing sure. good or not. <laughs> sure. Um. He so. <laughs> Um, he had that four-point play after going like 0 for 4, you know? He he right. believes in himself. I uh, Yeah, I would take Svee, personally. I'll take the guy who had uh, 30 and 20 last night. All-star Chris Duchesne. 20 ni- 28 and 19. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go. Um, that's such a tough question, man. I don't even know. I'm, th- I'm thinking to myself, like, know. part of me wants to say Chris literally because I think the fact that it's a game-winning shot really doesn't phase Chris, but I think it really gets on Svee's <laughs> nerves. Yeah, yeah. Like, it doesn't phase Chris because it really should phase Chris. But yeah, it should. Like, that's the point, right? It's like just, it's like it should it should phase Chris like and every every bit. Dude, but Chris is I Chris is just the picture... type of guy to sit there with like this like blissful ignorance where it's like give me the ball, give me the ball, give me the ball. Like Fred's like wide open and Chris is like give me the ball, give me the ball, give me the ball. Whereas like when it comes to Svee, like Svee is like dude, I just feel like he would cave under pressure, man. I yeah, just uh, I just I just can't I just can't take the thought of Boucher missing a three two feet to the left and then walking back to the bench with that straight face that he has Mamba mentality it's called Mamba mentality yeah, yeah. He, just, he just walks away like Mamba mentality <laughs> I'm, just like, I'm just like so oh yeah no, short term uh, it's like Boucher is like his like fucking super broad skinny shoulders just like walking back like hey, he's carrying he's carrying the weight of the Raptors on those shoulders yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh too funny oh no, nice. Boucher, uh, great game yesterday. Good job. Thanks. Yeah, good job, <laughs> yeah. Chris. Great game, Chris. Great game. <laughs> Happy for you. We're proud of you, um, Chris. We're proud right, of so you. All right, so you're both saying you're both saying Chris, eh? Yeah, I think I'll say Chris. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Um. So okay, third one. This uh, this is a pretty in depth one. Would you rather trade Scotty Barnes for one year of Kevin Durant, or the rest of our core, meaning Siakam, Fred, OG, and Gary, oh for three God. years of Kevin Durant? Oh my god. Oh shit. Wait, so wait, wait a second. Do we get do we get Scotty back You're after the one year? No, he's gone. Oh. <laughs> wait. It's like so like it's it's like so we're trading so would you rather trade Scotty Burns for one year of Kevin Durant, meaning we still have Fred, OG, Gary, and uh Pascal and whoever I did and Pascal, plus Kevin Durant. So we have one year to win a championship. <sighs> it's it's make or miss, and he's gone after the year, regardless of what happens. Same thing as Kawhi. Or you trade everybody but Scotty for Kevin Durant for three years. Do you think you want to change him in three years with that, with that? I don't know. But anyway. Oh, man. You're a wow. menace, dude. You're a straight-up menace for this question. This is uh, crazy. I hate, I hate myself for this answer, but I'm, I'll am i trade Scotty for the one year. <laughs> I wanted to hear you say it. <laughs> I hate it. I hate myself. But I just think like a ros- like that, that roster is kind of insane. I know, right? That's what I'm saying. But you have one year. But it's just one a, year, a, though. That's a thing, bro. It's like, and it's then Scotty's one gone. Year. If you don't do it, Scotty's gone. Scotty's gone. Right. You Once know what? You okay, it. I'm changing so, my answer. Yeah. See, the problem is okay. So the the problem is is that even if we do get a guy like KD, we still don't have a true center. You know what right. I mean? Like even with <laughs> KD added feet, to but that he's not squad, center, yeah. Like what is is KD gonna guard Joel? Like you know what I'm yeah, saying? Like yeah, you're you know, right. You're right. Like uh, you know, I I feel like if we traded away our core. I mean, if we had KD and Scotty for three years, I feel like at a certain extent we could just round up some scrubs or just at least something that we could do 
to to round up the scrubs to be extremely competitive, right? Like, I don't know, yeah. man. I feel like I'm more yeah, inclined think, to say three years. I think I'm but, with you, Lucas, because you can get like minimum guys who want to play with KD, and then if it doesn't, if you don't do anything after those three years are up, we still, still have Scotty to build around. Yeah. But then we see, but then we see teams like LeBron, AD, and Westbrook doing horribly. And you, you guys are trusting Katie and Scotty. Yeah, Davis, but they're all so. old as hell, bro. These guys are old as fuck, man. These are washed. <laughs> Kevin Durant will so be the get... same. Kevin Durant can shoot forever. Dude, man. man Ru- like... Dude, Westbrook's, uh, Westbrook's shot off the backboard the other day. Yo, sh- man. He's had I multiple was... of those, man. <gasps> he is. He's had, he's had some missed dunks, too. He's had some really bad missed dunks. Wow. I, was, so I forget who Rest said it. Peace, Russell Westbrook. Someone, I forget who said it, but someone I saw on social media said that Westbrook is the best worst player in the league. Yeah, <laughs> it's so true. It's like it's like he's so he's he this he looks so bad yet he gets you a triple double. Uh, right, you know, it's it weird, just, it's bro. So, it's so weird. I can't get a read on him. I, I, I actually hard to like, rank don't him have on a list of NBA players. Russ. Yeah, like, I know it's, uh, I, it's it really is difficult to have an opinion on Russell. Is he good? Is he bad? I I don't really know, man. I can't rank him on I can't rank him on a list. I don't know where to put him. Yeah. Like, I can't. Is he top fifty? Yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't uh, know. That's tough. Um, but you guys are both saying trade, trade the core for three yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's yeah. dumb, but I love Scotty. So. Yeah, me too. I can't do. Uh, I can't do my boy Scotty like that, bro. Come on. But you can do your boy Fred, Gary, OG, and Siakam <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> who's whose jersey I did I get for Christmas this year, uh, Elias? Whose jersey <laughs> I get for Christmas? Scotty Burns. <laughs> it's written in the cards, man. It's written in the stars. What does that mean? What does written in the cards mean? You kept saying that. I didn't know what it meant. What is written in the cards? It's mean? in the I mean, well, it's it's not written in the it's it's in the cards, right? It's like it's like if you, it, it's like a I'm pretty sure it's like a gambling phrase. Like it's meant that like it's oh. in the cards if you won, oh, right? Like if you win if you win, it's basically like you got like the best hand because it was already in the cards. You're like, you know. Oh, so it's like it's right. like it's like saying like oh, it was like meant to happen kind of thing. Yeah, it's meant to be, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. 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 Oh, okay. I'll never say that in my life. But okay. <laughs> That's pretty fucking stupid. Never. But use, I'll never use that. <laughs> Horrible saying, but okay, whatever. <laughs> Let's move on, I guess. Moving on. Um, all right. <laughs> this uh, this is one that uh, we've talked about a bit, but we haven't talked about it for a little while, and I'm interested to get your guys' uh, updates on it. Uh, would you rather? Simply put, would you rather make the playoffs or not this season? Mm, to not. be honest, I don't really care if we make the playoffs this season. I really not. don't. Not, and I'm, not, I'm hoping we get that. I want, man, I'm just Jabari Smith in a Toronto Raptors jersey. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I'm well, with the rookies you know what? Year, and, and to be honest with you guys, like, if we, like, say the season ended right now. We didn't make the playoffs. Say the season ended right now. You know, and right. I would, mm-hmm. I wouldn't. I can't. I can't tell you that I'd be. I'd be pissed with our season. You know what I mean? I can't. I. I can't no. tell you. Like even let's say by the end of the season, if we keep playing the way that we have been playing and we still kind of lose games here and there, but we kind of win games also. You know, I can't tell you that I'd be mad because I think we. I've. We've seen some really great things out of out of guys this season, and I think we've seen hustle, and I think that we've seen a lot of the things that we that we really enjoy watching when it comes to the Raptors. I mean, have we struggled here and there? Yeah, but I can't say that I'm like I, I can't say that when I watch the team I'm not entertained, and that when I watch the team I don't like I feel like I don't want to be watching the Raptors. That's not how I feel. We've seen a lot of personal develop, individual development, I guess I should say, uh, from a lot of guys. Mm-hmm. We just have to, we just haven't had an opportunity to put it all together because of uh, yeah. injuries and such. 
Um, but we've yeah. seen a lot of awesome per- individual development from a lot of guys uh, like Fred, uh, OG, uh, Gary. I mean, the list goes on, right? So um, yeah. I think I think if we don't make it this year, I'm very confident in next season. And then we can add a if we can add a a, uh, a guy in the draft and uh, go from there. I think we're in good hands. There's a lot team. of Raptors type uh, players in this draft, which is maybe something we don't need because there's not a lot of guys <laughs> like too many. Um, like there's not a lot of like lead guards or anything like that. Uh, but there are a lot of like athletic forwards who can't really shoot but can play make sorta. Uh, except for Jabari Smith, I, but I don't think we'll get that high. Um, but uh, yeah, I think like why not? Like why? What's the point of being a nine seed? Um, right. Like let's get a, let's get a higher pick. You don't have to draft for that pick. It's an asset to trade. Uh, and we. I, I don't know if this. I don't know if this changes anything. It's it's make the playoffs so you would get past the oh. play-in. But no, um, yeah, I, way, I I don't want to yeah. get destroyed by the Bucks. Um, yeah, that's that's so, definitely what would happen. So and then I'd rather add like another piece to the core uh, or trade that piece, whatever. If we this is this isn't a would you rather or anything, uh, just another question. Would you guys, would you want to trade somebody if we got a good draft pick, or do you want to bring them like off the bench or like what are you kind of thinking? Well, de- right. it means uh, depends on who we're trading. Are you talking about like trading like OG or something? No, we wouldn't trade OG. I'm saying I think like, it'd be Pascal, like a, a, right? Yeah, yeah, it'd be Pascal, probably. Uh, I mean, it depends on the type of player um, we get. Like, say we, how I don't know how this would happen, but say we draft Jabari Smith, right? Who's a four. Mm-hmm. I think you have to trade Pascal at that point, right? Because then you're. Mm-hmm. Um, but say we draft a guard, uh, then I don't think you have to, right? They don't have to be. Like, I don't think we're gonna have a top five pick this year, right? We might be no. late Unless lottery, mid lottery, right? Eight yeah. nine. That guy doesn't need yeah. to start right away. Um, yep. So you can see what you have in them, and then make that decision. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I think I agree with that. Oh, unless there's a need to trade. Yeah. Um, okay, this is my last one for you guys. Uh, there's another one uh, that has to do with this season. Right. Would you rather make a serious move this deadline or stay quiet? Staying quiet can still mean trading Drogic or something, but uh, right. just basically, would you rather make a big move or not this 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 deadline? Uh, go ahead, Luke. What do you think? Man, that's tough. And I don't know, man. I feel like... Uh, I would really like to see w- at least one more season with Pascal um, and I'd like and Scotty and all the main core. So to be honest, I think I don't think I'd really make any huge moves this season. I think I'd really like to see this group because let's be honest with each other right now. Have we really seen this group at its full capacity? At its you know we haven't, mm-hmm. and I'd feel like it'd be a shame if we trade away some one of our key integral players like Fred or. Pascal or something like that, or a package or something. I just, I think we'd be at a loss. And then we got to, you know, incorporate somebody new into our system again. And uh, you know what I mean? Like, we, it just, I'd like to see one season, next season, one season at mm-hmm. least with, because we're still going to get Pascal performing, you know, if not, it, it, like maybe not as peak, but near it. And um, same with Fred. And then we, at least where, where maybe Pascal and, and Fred uh, maybe decline a little bit we would see maybe more from OG, more from Scotty, more from and Gary and more from other guys. So to be honest, I think I don't really I don't think it's worth it to make any big moves and uh, you know, I, I I don't know. I think it's it's better if we just at least at least one season, at least one season more um with this same group. Yeah, I I agree. I think I I'd, I'd like to stay quiet um unless like 
like for the guys who are available on the trade market right now, there's no one other than like a Miles Turner. Yeah. If that's a deal that comes up, maybe there's no one else that I don't think fits right. Like we're not going to go trade for Dame. Um, I don't think Bradley Beal is someone who the Raptors would target, even though I don't find that fit. I just, I think I'd rather wait for the summer. That's where bigger deals happen. Uh, you let the new guy have a full training camp, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I think I'd rather let, the, let this year play out and then, yeah. And then maybe not even in the summer, make a big deal. Right? Wait, wait another whole year. Let's see what we have now. And then, yeah, I, I agree with both of you. I think something I'm kind of realizing more as the season goes on is that we're not in a rush. None of our guys are declining yet, right? Agreed. None of them are they're still. So um, I think I kind of want us to run it back next year with the same team and just try and all be healthy and to see what they can do and then kind of adjust there because I don't really know. I don't, I don't think we can really properly tell what we're missing to make it like to then make a trade. Like, I mean, obviously we, we could use a bigger guy. But, um, but like, as far as just how well this whole thing will work, this roster will work, we don't really see where the issue is yet because we haven't seen them all together. Yeah. So uh, I think making a trade, uh, again, like you said, I would I think I'd still do a Miles Turner trade at this point because um, I think it's a huge opportunity. But uh, outside of that, I don't really see a point in breaking it up because we don't really know what we're breaking up yet. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, anyway, that's all I got for you guys. Awesome. Bless up. Um, Bless up. All right, want to do a quick uh, looking ahead. Uh, the Raptors have a prolonged break, and it sounds like they're going to get at least a few guys back um, mm-hmm. for the game on Friday. On Friday, we play the Clippers. Uh, Is it Friday or Saturday? Eve. Friday. Is this the first yeah. time we played the Clippers this season? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. yeah. No we Paul play, George. We played twice. Um, yeah, no PG, so it'll be interesting to see how that uh, stacks up. Um, yeah. I, I, I wish you were playing Paul George. I would like to see some of our wing defenders uh, guard him. And mm-hmm. we'll probably uh, record our next podcast after our game on Sunday because we play the Knicks at 3.30 on mm. Sunday oh, the 2nd. Yeah, sure. Nice. Um, so another one evenly matched. I think two evenly matched games that should be close games uh, yeah. this weekend. I hope that uh, Clippers so game is I, I hate the Clippers roster outside of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, to be honest with you, so... <laughs> uh, and that's hey what man. they have right now. Tyron so that's a, Tyron I hope that's an easy game. But Tyron Liu is goaded, <laughs> is officially goaded in my books. So yeah. <laughs> um. All right, that'll be good. That's it for me, man. Yeah. Yep. All right. Okay. Well. Just that uh, outro, Luke. Yeah. All right. I'll 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 hit him with the outro. I'll hit him with the outro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, guys. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. I'm your host, Luke Dick. I'm Elias Eldridge. And I'm Sam Kenny. And before we head out of the podcast, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever else you guys get your podcasts, make sure to leave a rating and also leave us a review. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Podcast, where we post new clips of the show every week. Thank you guys for tuning in, and we will see you next week. Peace out. Peace. Peace.